Wait for it. There's no need to wait, geeks. We are back. This is the Active Geek Podcast with your hosts, Jim and Chuck. And Chuck, we are second episode into 2021, and this is a big one because we're going to go back to our roots and we're going to preview a TV show, uh, one of which that we've been looking forward to for quite some time. It's going to be yeah. uh, a new era of of Marvel television. This is the first Marvel Studios television show to come out. Not Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., not Marvel Television. This is first Marvel Studios. We're going to preview WandaVision today. We've got us some news, and I've got my pick of the week, but I was reading today, and this is a little foreshadowing of how we're going to talk about it. The budget for WandaVision was $252 million. That's insane. That's more than some like live-action movies, by far. Yeah, it's, this, it's the second high, or it's the first highest... Um, television budget the second one the predecessor being the pacific which was 200 million dollars the pacific it used to yeah it was like a war war show i believe on hbo i guess that money was uh was wasted we can say that but let's uh let's hit the newsroom i've got some a lot of marvel like i'm like i said last week i wanted to keep some marvel stuff in there and then one star wars which is owned by disney so you know we're tying it all together This one is kind of old, but I was waiting for the right time to talk about it. In March, the Amazing Spider-Man number 62 comic book comes out. And what we're going to see is the second time Spider-Man's suit has really changed colors. We had the all-black suit way back when he got attacked by the symbiote during Secret Wars. And now we have this new one. So if anybody hasn't seen it, the best way I can describe it is if Taskmaster designed Spider-Man's suit. All white, some royal blue, and some caution orange going through it. It looks very techy. It looked video game inspired, uh, based on what you had said previously, and what at you know we both played a game, so it does look like a skin that could be on there. What do you think of this suit as our resident Spider-Man webhead? I don't like it. It, it, it it's a far cry from what we're used to seeing. Also, too, it's like very flat looking. Like, the other yeah. Spider-Man suits have the webbing, and this doesn't really look like Spider-Man besides just the big spider on his chest. Yeah. I'm confused on how they're going to work this. I mean, it's definitely piqued my interest to get this comic book, for sure. Like, I'm going to read it. I'm going to buy it because I need to see why they made it this color. Because if you think of Spider-Man, he's never been, like, stealthy. No. But he has been kind of sleek. This looks like it's very, I don't know, it's very... Like you said, techie was probably the best word. It looks like it's going to bring in so much more of like an Iron Man vibe to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like I don't like I thought the red was kind of bright and gives you away in the city, right? You see this giant red thing flying through the air. You know exactly where to aim, right? I feel like this just does the same thing. Like you're just throwing like a one. It kind of looks like a you took like an Arctic freeze or like an Arctic cherry Gatorade Slurpee poured some blue slurpee into it and then hit it with some orange and you're like oh here we go i'm not a fan of it but i'm curious to see how they they added it and maybe it serves a different purpose and maybe it's a one shot you know what i mean yeah i mean if you look at a lot of the spider-man suits they all have some kind of red besides besides the symbiote suit obviously but like the iron spider even uh miguel o'hara in spider-man 2099 you know, that was black and red and blue. So this is, I don't know. Um, I'll get it just because it's Spider-Man, but I'm not a big fan of it. Yeah, it's its 
definitely thought-provoking for me, and it's something new. And it's maybe a symbol saying Spider-Man comics weren't selling so well, and we have to do a new take on Spider-Man. Yeah. I don't know, but I, uh, I think the only Spider-Man suit that I know that it doesn't have a lot of red in it, or any red, would be Spider-Gwen. With like the the future punk pink teal white black, but yeah. like that Spider Gwen, that's a whole different character. Like they want to separate her from Peter. So I'm curious to see. Um, thumbs down for me. Um, yep. It's sounding like a thumbs down for you as well. But you know, change can be good. Change can be bad. Uh, let's talk about a movie that isn't Spider Man, but is Marvel and is getting more characters added weekly, which kind of resembles Spider Man Three, and that's Thor: Love and Thunder. It has been. Revealed that Karen Gillian, Palm Clementif, Dave Batista, and Sean Gunn are set to appear in Thor Love and Thunder. So they're going to reprise their roles as Nebula, Mantis, and Drax. Sean Gunn, two ways. You could have Kranglin and you could have Rocket because he does the Rocket mocap and then you just throw Bradley Cooper in a studio somewhere. So we talked about this before with the convolution between Sony and Disney, and we know that this is 100% Disney, so I'm not worried about convolution here. What do you think about these cast members going into Thor Love and Thunder? Well, this and the um, previously mentioned Chris Pratt. Yeah. uh, Pretty much, in my mind, confirms Asgardians of the Galaxy. Same. First thing that popped into my mind. Like, if okay, Chris Pratt, okay, he might, you know be trickled in there somewhere. You're bringing all the gardens with Mantis and Drax and most likely Rocket. Like, Kraglin really doesn't fit in there. Yeah. And and Nebula. And the fact that they're all there just, in my mind, strictly confirms it's Asgardians. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's going to happen too. I'm hoping that this is just a end credit scene where it sets up the, a greater future. But the more I think about it, if they're bringing in these heavy hitters, like Chris Pratt is an absolute heavy hitter in the mm-hmm. MCU. Um, it was just revealed that Star-Lord's bisexual. So that could be a huge thing in the Love and Thunder universe. But the more the ideas in, I'm saying this isn't going to be a cameo. This isn't going to be a end credit scene. So it worries me a little bit because in the Gore storyline, you need multiple Thors to kill Gore. And that third Thor is going to be, in my mind, Beta Ray Bill. Adding the Guardians into it and knowing that Peter has, like, celestial ties. He was a celestial for a little bit and then lost that ability. It kind of gives me the fact, like, the thought that Beta Ray Bill is uh, is far away. is further away than we were hoping for. And that they the Guardians are going to be that third powerful force to help defeat Gore. I definitely don't think it's an end credit scene. Because normally, you don't hear many two people many people being confirmed for an you know like oh this person is in it and then it's an end credit scene you don't really hear that all too often because it's not really something that they plan like a lot of times we don't find out there's an end credit scene until the movie comes out itself so yeah until someone sees it yeah and they're like yeah this movie has an end credit scene yeah half the time it's me hey is this does this have an end credit scene and texting you um because normally you do see movies before me but I, d- I definitely do not think there's an end credit scene. Um, maybe like a third act, they come in, but uh, I I think they're they're in it. You know, it's it's yeah. it's not a cameo. Supporting role. Yeah. 
I agree. I agree. Uh, something that came in the news today as we were recording, uh, Kevin Feige came out and said Deadpool 3 is happening, and it's yeah. going to be rated R. Thoughts on that? Um, the writing was in the wall for that. And, yep. you know, um, they have the Fox banner. And it can be a Marvel Studios, but put out by Fox. And I'm actually re-watching all the Deadpool movies because I'm going through the whole Marvel catalog. And I started with non-MCU movies. And actually, my last one before I hit Iron Man is Deadpool 2. So You punished yourself for a while. Yeah. I thought you did something wrong and you just had to, like, atone for it. You're like, dude, I'm watching Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. I'm like, did you murder somebody? Like, did you <laughs> drive by somebody? Like, what is happening? Yeah. Hey, you know what? I just... This might be punishment, too. I just ordered it, and it got delivered today. I found it for $10 on Blu-ray. Dolph Lundgren Punisher. Oh, yeah. You're certainly punishing yourself. If you want, Listen, if you want free punishment, um, I suggest watching season four of Sabrina. That bad? I didn't like it. And you're a Sabrina fit. Like, yeah. like, me, I'm kind of... I'll watch it. And, and from the get-go, I was like, oh, I'm going to watch it. But I'm not gonna watch the first week the second week like i'll watch it when i get to it Um, it was cool like what i'll say and i don't want to spoil it because i know you watch it and some other our listeners watch it but what i will say was it was it had a cool some cool moments i think it was just a little too ambitious for a shortened season and it being the last season so you know i have my gripes but out of the four seasons i think this was the worst season to be honest with you yeah and you know, that to me, that just makes me seem I'm really not going to like it. Um, yeah, but you know what? A lot of people hated the third season, and I loved the third season. That that was my favorite season. I know you hated it. I I, uh, I didn't like it. I loved the third season. So, you know, maybe my uh, barometer for good and bad is uh, is faulty right now. But we'll get back to Deadpool. We, kn- we knew it was coming. Yeah. Um, we had the writers from Bob's Burgers. They're set to join Ryan Reynolds and, and write it. So I'm just I'm very excited about this. That means that they can make some X-Men references. They can make some Fantastic Four references. And we're slowly getting all those Fox characters integrate, integrated into the Marvel Universe, which is awesome. Yeah. And, and then the other big thing is like, you know, Deadpool's a moneymaker. Absolutely. Hand, hands down. And this is the first time that Fox is sit or Disney's going to like, you know, they announced Fantastic Four. Obviously, that's going to be a Disney movie. But this is, they, they're they not going to put, it's going to be an MCU movie. But yeah. they're going to put it's the gonna Fox gonna go search, What, like and, Searchlight or like Fox Pictures or whatever they're calling it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, something like that was it. I forget what it's called. But it's smart of them because this is going to show them that they can do more rated R movies and stuff they can't put the Disney banner on. Yeah. And but still be connected at the same time. Um, I think they should just come out and make this a strictly a Marvel Studios movie. And at the end, you put like all the way at the end, past the post credit scenes, you have the Disney logo there as their parent company. And that's it. Like they don't like Disney doesn't have to broadcast it. I think that non MC, like non into the business geeks, like we are, like we are into the business. Like we report on this stuff. I think people who are just casual moviegoers and they like the Marvel stuff, like our mm-hmm. wives maybe, will say, well, this is a 
why is it Fox Studios? I thought it was a yeah. Marvel, and I think it's gonna it's going to confuse people. So I think just go out there and say this is a Marvel Studios movie. Boom, Bing, Bang, Boom. You could have the little insignias at the end, and it won't confuse anybody. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited what Feige's gonna do with a rated R movie. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm very excited for this. And the thing with Deadpool is like he makes fun of everything else, like. I want to see what he does. I mean, hell, he called freaking Josh Brolin Thanos. Yeah. And yeah. he was like, shut up, Thanos. And, you know, and especially, like, one of the great parts, I think, in Deadpool 2 was how he's saying, and even in Deadpool 1, it was like, hey, do you think it's funny that we can't afford any other X-Men? And you only see, we're in this big mansion, you only see you two? And then in the scene... They're in the library? They're in the library, and... Yeah. uh Nicholas Holt as Beast closes the door and it's everybody there. Yeah, and, it was well done. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. And so I like to see what they do with that because obviously they can't talk about like okay, yeah, he said Thanos, but like he can really dive into the Marvel universe itself. He could really go into the multiverse. Yeah. Like he could be the he can he could be the end credit scene of Doctor Strange in Madness in the Multiverse actually walking through and being the leftover and seeing what a real, uh, you know, not Cable because I liked Cable, but what a, you get a real Shatterstar, a real juggernaut. Like you get these real characters in there and he's like, ooh, I'm glad I'm in this universe. The thing I got to say though, that juggernaut they did in Deadpool 2, it was amazing. Well, the bar was super low. The bar was Vinnie Jones. Yeah. And no no fault of Vinnie Jones, like get your superhero moment, but like he wasn't he wasn't even bigger than the main characters. No. No. I mean when you think Juggernaut, you think seven feet tall. You five, think Colossus. He he's he's the size of the Hulk, really. And yeah. I've always loved Juggernaut. And to have Juggernaut be Vinnie Jones. Who it it yes it's the more yeah. practical route. Yeah, he listen. He got one of the most talked about scenes in the X Men universe for yeah. Fox, where he said, "I'm the Juggernaut, bitch." Like that's it. And then yeah. he gets turned. He gets called a butt plug in Deadpool too. So like the up the the fall from grace of Juggernaut was uh, was drastic. But let's go to the last thing. Uh, I know you're very excited about. You yeah. hit me with this one. And you wanted to see where my thoughts were. I guess shared a little bit of it, but let's dive into it a little deeper. Rumors are surrounding Robert Downey Jr. in a good way. Whenever you hear rumors, not like the Army Hammer rumors where he's actually like trying to live his best Twilight life. I think this rumor has a little has some legs. I'd like to see it. Your issue or your not your issue, but your fear of this is noted, and I agree with it because it's uh, could come with a hefty price tag. Robert Downey Jr. is in ta- is rumored to be in talks to play Thrawn. In the yeah. Ahsoka series, I, I'm for it. Oh I mean, no, I'm here for it. At, at first, I wasn't, and then I and then I got to think about it. But he was not on any of our radars. Like, no, I don't think he was on anyone's radar at all. I thought he was just gonna do movies that he wanted to do, like Doolittle, and just and like it, get paid heavy money and make bad movies. And and that's the thing. He's at the point of his career, like the MCU made him be able to be picky with his movies. Like he don't have to. Go out there and do whatever you want. Yeah, Doolittle wasn't great, but he wanted no. to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that that's the thing. Like, when you get to this level, you can pick and choose what you want. And, yeah. like, that again, that's what I thought. Like, 
I never expected to see him in the Star Wars universe. Even there was never a even inclination in my brain to think that he would ever pay Thrawn. Yeah, me, not me even, either. Not even a little bit. And like I said at first, I was like, no. But then I then I was thinking about it. We never really seen him play a villain. No. And I've talked about this too. He needs to have his his British accent. Yeah, I mean that's going to be a big thing. Like I feel like we've seen a lot of Robert Downey Jr. in the last ten years, but we've seen one character, and Robert Downey Jr. has embodied Tony Stark to the point that we don't know what separates the two. Like they're very like Venom Eddie Brock. Like they're the same person at this yeah. point. I'm worried a little bit that he'll go into Thrawn as Tony Stark, like where Thrawn is going to be like kind of sassy, a little sarcastic when. Thrawn's kind of like that, but I don't want I don't want people to be like, well, it's just Robert, Dan- it's just Tony Stark playing Thrawn. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be pissed about that. I still want Jason Isaacs to play Thrawn because mm-hmm. I think he is phenomenal. But if listen, any chance to get Robert Downey Jr. working with John Favreau again is going to be gold. And I would I I'd rock a shirt for sure. I'd be at the front of the Robert Downey Jr. Thrawn parade with my flags out. Like it'd be really weird. But I. I I have my hesitations, but I feel like Robert Downey Jr. is a great actor and can just turn the switch and be like, you remember me as Iron Man. Now my next chapter is going to be thrown. Yeah, I'm going to kind of go against what you're saying. Like, yeah, he is Iron Man, 100%. More than one, you know, like you were saying, he he reminds me like Wolverine and Hugh Mm -hmm. Jackman. Like, that is him. But then you... You know, he hasn't done a whole lot of movies in between, but one of the successful movies was Sherlock Holmes. I knew you were going to go there, and I'll counter you with the current fan base, like the new fan base, are going to be MCU fans, right? So they don't remember Sherlock Holmes. They don't remember his older stuff. They remember Iron Man, maybe the judge, if they saw the judge, and like the soloist. He did do these movies in between Iron Man. Yeah. But I feel like, I feel like there's been so much Sherlock that people are gonna forget about him playing Sherlock. And even though he's bringing it back, I think he was fantastic as Sherlock. And I know like, he I'm, was. I know what he can do. I know what he's capable yeah. of. I just feel like a lot of people are like want to see Iron Man as Thrawn, and I'm a little worried about that. No, and I, I think he's gonna do a good job. I think Thrawn is cocky for sure, mm-hmm. but it's more a maniacal cocky. Mm-hmm. Like he's very calculated. And then, and I kind of pull his lot of his roles together. Like Sherlock was very calculated, and mm-hmm. I think he pulled that off brilliantly. So, if, and then Sherlock Holmes is also pretty cocky too. So, yeah, but Thrawn's kind of soft spoken and methodical. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where he can he comes off kind of meek, and at the end of the day, like in his head, he's like eighteen steps ahead of you. Very Tony Stark like, but mm-hmm. not. The face of the, you know, the face of this company. He's the guy who's like, yeah, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to wait. And you're going to get what is coming to you. And I'm going to tell you I told you so, but not saying it. I I trust John Favreau and Dave Filoni because Dave Filoni is, is writing this show. Even though Dave Filoni did not create this character, Dave Filoni put this character on screen. It was a small screen and animated, it, but he still did it. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I trust... You know, Robert Downey Jr. being a master of his craft to he can take direction and 
you know, Dave Filoni isn't going to let this guy phone it in. He's no, not at all. And I don't, I don't think RDJ phones no, anything in. No, and and I and I don't. But I think Dave Filoni is going to be like, this is what I need. This is yeah. what I want. And you know, Robert Downey Jr. is a great actor, and I think he's going to be able to adapt to whatever the character needs. Absolutely, I agree with you. Um, listen, we're talking like he was already cast. Yeah. And like we're petitioning, like we're defending this man. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hasn't been cast yet. I'm going to hit you with two um, two names. You tell me if Robert Downey Jr. doesn't get casted, are you okay with these names? Uh, the first one, Eddie Redmayne. Yes. Okay. The second one is Brendan Dirk, Scramble Scrunch, Benny oh, yeah? Cumberbatch. Yeah. I'm okay with both of them. What about Matt Smith? I do like Matt Smith. I do too. But he and he was supposed to be in what? Was it he? What he was casted and then his character was. He was. Yeah, I think it was uh, Last Jedi. Yeah. And I Matt's, think we all said he was going to be thrown. I don't know. I. I mean, obviously, I think Cumberbatch would be out of the three the better choice. I mean, I kind of. Th- Are we just saying that he has to be British? No, but I can't. I mean, all all of our choices are British besides RDJ. And we told, we said that he wants an accent. <laughs> you want him with an accent. Like, so, yeah, he's got to be British. If Henry Cavill wasn't as buff, he could play Thrawn. Yeah. Well, Thrawn, and that's the other thing. Thrawn is very, he's got a very gaunt-looking face. And no, he's got bone structure. You, some say gaunt, some say yes, Queen. You've got bone structure. I don't know what to say to that one. Uh, but, I mean, Matt Smith's got bone structure, right? Yeah, they all do. They have great faces. So it, Benedict, Benedict has a great face. And, like, just paint my man blue. You're fantastic. And his voice. He's great. He's a master of voices. Yeah. I, I see kind of Khan in, in, in that yeah. aspect. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, to me, you paint Khan blue. and. Yep. You're right. There you go. So I don't know if... And it's it's the direct competitor. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you I go I from th- one to the other. I think that would. I think you can be in one universe and the other at the same time, but I think Khan and Thrawn have a lot of similarities. Yeah, I agree. Listen, I'm just going to leave it at this. As long as it's not John Cena, I am happy. <laughs> I don't think That's we ever I'm have to worry. It. I mean, no. I could see him in the universe, but not. No, no, I, no, can't see I don't there. want him in the universe. But I can if, see him as a Gamorrean guard. If they put him in like a like a, a male version of Cara Dune, maybe. No, we don't need that. We don't need that. I don't right, want it. I'm just saying. <laughs> let's get out of here. I'm just going to say we're going to get out of here. And we are going to talk about my pick of the week. And by pick of the week, it's about 10 of them because DC Future State is in week number two. And I've got all the comics that are coming out this week. We've got Dark Detective number one. Green Lantern, number one. Justice League, number one, with bonus Justice League Dark Stories, which is awesome. Kara Zor-El, Superman, number, or Superwoman, number one. Robin Eternal, number one. Superman and Wonder Woman, number one. And Teen Titans, number one. You just recently picked up your your books. Yeah. I am, as we're recording this, I am finishing up my quarantine. I will be able to get my books soon. I'm not looking forward to paying over $200 on my comics. Like It's like three quarters of my rent. Yeah, I um I, I picked mine up this week this weekend, uh, so it was last week's books. Um, as we're talking, I didn't get everything. Yeah, because I, I I I was picky and choosy. Um, I got uh the Flash Swamp thing and 
I did get the new Batman. Yeah. You um, didn't get the Superman. I decided not to. And you didn't get Wonder Woman? Oh, I forgot about that one. Oh, my God, man. Yara Floor's yeah, first I, debut? Yeah. Oh, you are stuck with second printing, my friend. Yeah. That's my name lately. Yeah. Second print. Chuck book. second printing Miller. But uh, this week, I think I'm going to get more. Obviously, uh, Green Lantern. Yeah. Definitely. Dark Detective. That's the Bruce Wayne storyline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. You got to get that Justice League. It's gonna. Yeah. They're introducing a new Legion of Doom in it. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, message uh, Crossroads this week, and just make sure that I get everything. And as actually, you should, and yeah, actually for... send the uh, message, not yeah, like man, my you... the High Republic. I was you're so missing upset. out on the two biggest books of this year so far: Wonder Woman number one and the High Republic. All right. Well, I'll keep my fingers crossed, and I'll double check on a Wonder Woman for you when I go. Yeah. But. We've got some other books. Steve Orlando's got another book out, Commanders in Crisis number four, and it's the end of the current story arc. As the commanders, uh, Christ, as the Crisis Command faces off with Empathy's assassin, the deep conspiracy behind the murder steps out of the shadows. It won't be enough just to avenge Empathy's death. To save the world, the Crisis Command will have to resurrect an idea. The first wild arc concludes with a bang. I have read it. He sent it to me already. I will forward it to you, my friend. Yep. It is a masterpiece continue to buy these books um it keeps our comic world alive and it also keeps fantastic creators like like steve orlando and david tinto um putting out more books i know he's got a bunch of stuff coming from aftershock that we will review uh when we get them but the last one is marvel because we are doing a marvel episode and it's a special one chuck it's an anniversary book of a person who we've had on this podcast for a minute and 30 seconds and that's chris claremont he got his own anniversary special with some really really sick covers uh celebrate chris claremont's enormous impact on your favorite marvel comics of the past five decades with an all with an all new story danny moonstar is drafted for a mission across time and space for an incredible psychic showdown against the shadow king joining forces with characters created and defined by the pen of chris claremont I know the cover I'm getting has Hella, Danny Moonstar, Gambit, Miss, Miss, uh, Miss Fantastic. So, so many people on there. So, that's a, a must get for me. And for anybody who's a Chris Claremont fan, it's I think it's only like five bucks. So, go out there and get it. Yeah. Um, I think I'm obviously going to read ev- not everything, but uh, from the future state. But uh, my paycheck is going to a lot of these comics this month. Yep. So is my unemployment. Thanks, government. Yeah, it's uh, it's a great time to be a comic fan. Uh, it's also a bad time for a comic fan's wallet. Yeah, thank God tax season's coming up, and we can kind of we can put this on our um our records as our expenses. I think because now you know, Active Geek is LLC'd, so we can use it as a business expense. <laughs> but let's uh let's move into our meat and potatoes of the episode, Chuck. Uh, half hour into the show already, we are going to talk about Wandavision. And it may involve some spoiler theories that are out there because I'm sure we've both gone down some rabbit holes. So my suggestion is if you are new to the MCU, which welcome if you are, and you don't want anything to be spoiled, listen to this after the first two episodes of WandaVision and you can uh, see what we got right and see what we got wrong. But for those of you guys who are brave enough to tread along with us this Wednesday into Thursday and and uh, the following days, we're going to talk WandaVision, man. We're going to preview it. So my first question, what are you expecting from this series? The very first Marvel Studios television series coming out with a bang, 
two half-hour episodes this Friday, the 15th. What are you expecting out of this? Um, I'm expecting to see two very distinct storylines that from the comics that obviously influenced this show. Are um, you talking about The Visions by Tom King yes. and House of M? Yes. Fantastic. Exactly. Bri- Brian Michael Bendis. Yes. Because obviously they have, just watching the trailer, a huge influence on this. So mm-hmm. I'm expecting to see how those storylines, and obviously I don't think we're going to get everything because of uh, they haven't really introduced mutants yet. Yeah, and like House of M is like very reliant on Magneto and yeah. Professor X. But the whole thing is she creates this pocket universe. Yep. And this is the pocket universe. So I'm expecting to see those two storylines um, heavily influence the, this show. Yeah. I agree, man. I think have you ever have you read the visions yet? That I have not read, no. I can tell you that that is some of the best vision storylines ever created. Um, I have the fourth issue. I found it in like the long boxes at Crossroads, but I've read the series before, and that's Tom King before DC. Like that's Tom King at his finest, and I believe that this series, in my mind, is going to be more Visions, less House of M because of the Reliance storylines. I think the Pocket Universe is huge. We're getting that, but I think it's going to be a healthy mix. But I think more Visions than House of M. I I know a lot about the Visions. I did not. Like I said, I did not read it, but um, I know about it, and it, it is a good storyline. And from what I heard, it's like one of the essential storylines of Vision itself. Absolutely, and it came out in like 2011, Did which it, is crazy yeah. of how old Vision is. So that that's what I'm expecting, and I'm expect I'm also expecting weird, like yeah, that's exactly what I wrote, like a weird, crazy show that will pave the way to the future in Phase Four. I think it could kind of alienate casual Marvel fans. And I'm using my wife as an example. Like, she's excited for it, but she's going to watch it and be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I think a lot of people are expecting a superhero show. Yeah. And, and I don't think that this is going to be it. No. And I, I, I didn't read any reviews. I read some kind of headlines and what people were saying. It's like a love to f- sitcoms. Like, it. Yeah. It's like an ode to sitcoms. And then, you know, obviously you can see that like, they go throughout the years, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, you know, very like leave it to beaverish. And then even very kind of family ties in, in the 80s. So I, I think, you know, if you're expecting a lot of action, I don't think you're going to get it. I don't know. I, I think this is going to be like a whimsical version of Jessica Jones. Yeah, I don't know. It just looks like it's. I think it's going to be like Pleasant, Pleasantville on steroids. Yes. Like Pleasantville yes. on steroids. And yeah, I like that. I think some of it's going to be in black and white. Oh, absolutely. We know that for yeah. sure. Like I said, like a casual Marvel fan that's expecting like, oh my God, I can't wait. And they're going to, you know, the last thing I seen in the MCU was Endgame. But you're not getting it. No, absolutely. <laughs> and I think, I think people need to realize how much yeah. shit – wanda has been given throughout her time in the mcu uh, a lot of people rely like focus on that she's probably the most powerful of the avengers yeah. we know that we we haven't seen peak wanda yet but you gotta remember this is a person who was essentially created 
held prisoner against her will. She gets broken out by superheroes who she's brainwashed to believe are the enemies, and her mm-hmm. brother dies. Then she falls in love, and she causes this huge catastrophe during Civil War, and now she's imprisoned by the people who love her. Falls in love with Vision. They break out. They're fugitives on the run, and then Vision dies. She's lost her brother. She's lost her love. She doesn't know who she is. She doesn't know where she's from. Wanda is probably the the biggest victim of the MCU. Oh, yeah. And I feel like this is going to be a coming-to-age love song like love story for wanda like we're gonna see like peak wanda i'm hoping for yeah um the one thing question is did you watch the legend series on disney plus i did not i am staying away from anything that has ties with wandavision because i am worried that they're going to spoil it i will tell you right now it spoils nothing good is it pointless yeah i was expecting more of the history of Wanda and Vision. And what it really is, is essentially a seven minute, you know how when you watch like The Mandalorian and it's like previously. Oh, it's like previously on, yeah. That is all it is. It is clips from the movies of where they started and where they're at now. It's it's literally previously on MCU. The MCU. And honestly, we just broke down what she went through in the last 10 years. Yeah. So we saved people seven minutes. I talked for about like 15 seconds. I was I, I was really – I watched it on my lunch break, um, both of them, because they're seven minutes long. So, yeah. you know, you watch them 15 minutes. Watch in the bathroom. <laughs> I was going to say that, but, but I, I was disappointed. I expected kind of – you know how like when um, DC Universe, when anything big was happening on – the DC Universe app itself, it was like comic series you need to read. Yeah. And stuff like that. Like, I kind of was expecting, like, Wanda was created in blah, 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 blah. She was featured in number one X-Men. Yeah. And then, like, go from there. But it's literally a previously seen on. That's Yeah, honest, dude, I think, honestly, there's a small group of people who are MCU fans who don't know Wanda's a mutant. That, uh, they only they only know what the Marvel Studios version of Wanda. Yeah. So I feel like if they put out those comics, they're going to be super confused. Like, oh, wait a minute. I don't know why Magneto is involved in this. Is Magneto, like, her enemy? No, Magneto's her dad. Yeah. True, the enemies, like, they have storylines. But, like, I think there's a contingency of people who don't know the Wanda storyline. So that's why you get that seven-minute refresher. Because there was never really the focus on her. You know what I mean? She was a tertiary character in an ensemble movie cast. So let's move on from what we hope or what we expect to what we're hoping. This is what I'm hoping for. And I think we might have the same thing. I want comic book references. We already know that this is going to happen. I want House of M references. Mm -hmm. I want X-Men references. I want Visions references. I know that we're going to get it. I don't think we're going to get like Viv Vision, but we are going to get some kids, and we'll talk about characters in a little bit. I want to see Wanda at her peak ability, and there's a character in there that I have a theory about that we'll talk about, which I think is going to bring out the peak ability of Wanda. I want a clear-cut ending to Vision because we know he died, but are we just going to string this along that he's just a pocket universe? Like I want to know where that goes. And then I want to see the opening of Darker Side of the MCU. You know what I mean? There's a very dark and gloomy and Chuck's favorite thing, dark and gritty version of the Marvel Universe that we really haven't seen yet. And I think Tiana Parrish's Monica Rambeau will open that door because how does she fit into this? We know that 
Monica Rambeau is going to be in this. Maybe she's Photon, which could be very, very cool. Kind of sets up Captain Marvel too. But what are you hoping for in this series? Um, I definitely want the mutant references. Um, yeah. We've, you know, they've never even uttered the word mutant, and uh, now they can. And any, if you're going to do anything, this would be the show to do it. Mm-hmm. One, because you have a, a mutant itself. Two, the uh, the House of M storyline. Obvi- obviously, like we said, it's not going, you know, they're going to take some liberties with it. But if you're going to, if, if, if there's a place to do it, this is it. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, you're not going to have, you know, Loki and talk about a mutant all of a sudden. Like, you know, she's a mutant. She has ties to mutants, obviously, with her family lineage itself. Yeah. With her father being Magneto and her brother being Quicksilver. Don't forget um, her other sister, Polaris. Yeah. Oh, I forgot Can't about I forget that. about her. She's out there. So, you know, you have that family lineage that you can easily tie into bring out the mutants because again it, it's going to happen yeah absolutely they're not going to be sitting on x-men which is a very popular series and group of characters itself like obviously you know i think it's a little tainted from the last couple movies that they made it's a cash cow and yeah, hot take hot take right here x-men were more popular than the avengers before marvel uh, marvel studios got their hands on the avengers oh no 100 percent. like you know if you talk about team-ups, you know, from 90s into the early 2000s, it was X-Men. Absolutely. Marvel did them dirty because they couldn't own the rights to the characters on the screen. So they put them in the broom closet for so many years in the comics. Yeah. I mean, like, us being 90s children, like, X-Men was it. Yep. You know, there was no, I. you weren't, you know, yeah, there was an Iron Man cartoon and stuff, but, like, X-Men was it. Like, yeah, I didn't run around with an Iron Man sleeping bag or an no, Iron Man like fluffy jacket. No, and I honestly, you talked about him earlier, but you got to credit Chris Claremont for that because yeah, absolutely, I think he doesn't get enough credit because yes, did he create the X Men? No, but he created so many other characters and so many iconic storylines that without him, I don't think we would have the X Men we would have today. Oh, absolutely. Go back to our Hanukkah episode where we talked about his impact. And like Mm -hmm. he could honestly, he could get an entire episode. Like if his birthday is coming up, we're going to do an episode on him. I feel like he was born in January and we're probably we've probably missed it. But what else are you expecting? I kind of uttered this too, the weirdness. Like I was hoping for it and I'm expecting it. Um, I'm expecting we'll talk about this later, a certain villain. And we've kind of talked about this before, but. Um, my biggest thing is is the mutants. I think this has to be has to be done. Yeah, I agree. We're gonna get into characters that we expect to show up in here, and we're gonna exclude the villain because the villain's yeah. gonna get its own little talking spot. Mm-hmm. But these are who I think are gonna show up, and some have already been confirmed. I think we're gonna. Well, I know we're getting Speed and Wiccan. Like we've seen the babies, whether they're alive or not, we've seen that they have two kids, and I'm thinking of Speed and Wiccan. This is the lead-in for Doctor Strange's Madness in the Multiverse. Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be in this. Yeah. Probably the last scene of the last episode, but he's going to be in it. I think we're going to get two Quicksilvers. I think we're going to get both versions because this has to do with the multiverse. I think we're going to get Evan Peters and Aaron Taylor Johnson. I think we get both of those. Now, these are two of my characters that one I have a theory on is actually this character, but I think she's going to bring along this character too. 
I think Nick Scratch is going to show up. Okay. And he's a, he's a sorcerer in the MCU, very bad villain. He's a villain to Wanda, and he is the son of the character who I'm about to say now, Agatha Harkness, who I think Catherine Hahn is playing. She's playing a character named Agnes. On Halloween, she's dressed as a witch. Agatha Harkness is one of the original witches from the Salem Witch Trials in the MCU. And she's also Scarlet Witch's, a.k.a. Wanda Maximoff's mentor. Brings her to full peak of power. So I think where we get Agnes is actually Agatha Harkness. And she's playing, like, she's she's created in this pocket universe and doesn't know what's going on. Sees Vision, says, oh, you're an Avenger. And she's going to play coy to... Vision and Wanda because she's working at the hand of the villain that I'm going to talk about and our next question. So who are you think is going to show up? I have same character as you. Um, I you think, had Nick Scratch too? No, 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 not all of them. Uh, I, I think, was going to say, God damn, you were in my head. I, I, I definitely think Speed and Wiccan. Um, obviously, yeah. she's pregnant. Uh, are we going to get full-blown Speed and Wiccan? Probably not. Um, I think so. Really? They're holding babies in black and white. Okay. Yeah, I think we're going to get them. And definitely Doctor Strange. Like you said, uh, I could see him, like, walking through a portal at the very end and was like, I need you, or... Like, come with me, girl, if you want to live. Yeah. Very Terminator. <laughs> definitely those three I I think we're going to get. Do you think we get Quicksilvers? Whether it's a flashback or anything? That... To me, that's tough. Okay. I, I, I think, you know, the Speed and Wicked thing is because it's fresh and new. You know, bringing in two Quicksilvers, one that's technically not from this universe. And, and the one, other one's dead. <laughs> yeah, dead. Um, they really under you. And the Aaron Taylor Johnson's a decent actor. And Very good actor. At the, at the time, he was pretty, he was on the rise because, you know, he did kick ass. And then he was in the Godzilla movie right around that mm-hmm. time. Or going to, I think it was right after that, but it was coming yeah. out. And I, you know, they... They killed him pretty quickly. That was because of ownership. That was 100% like we can't yeah. afford him. Yeah. It, it, it was definitely kind of like – because the whole battle of, if you remember, at the same time was they both were going to use Quicksilver. And it was like yeah. a legal battle. And I think MCU was kind of like, okay, you're going to have your Quicksilver. We're going to do it. And then we're going to kill him. Yeah. And like – Hawkeye was supposed to die in that moment, and Quicksilver was going to save him. They're like, nah, we're going to kill the fastest man in this universe. Yeah. Boop, you're dead. <laughs> like, crazy. Crazy. Um, so, do you, all right, so here's my other theory. This was going to be in the end theory that we've, we're going to, our, our end segment that I, I just started, but could Evan Peters be playing Speed? I know we talked about it before. A future version of Speed. Huh. What a callback. What an absolute callback, and what a way to get Evan Peters into the Young Avengers. Yeah. Young Avengers, he's like 35. So what? He looks like he's 14. Yeah, true. Just shave uh, his beard. He's not us. He's not weathered like us. He hasn't had a real job. I don't know. That would be something. That'd be an awesome Easter egg. I don't think that'll happen. Okay. All right. I'm going to jump ahead, and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go first because I think we have the same villain because I've talked about this. This has been my theory since WandaVision has come out, that the villain is Mephisto. Yeah. And if my theory is correct, Agatha Harkness is the hand of Mephisto. And if Speed and Wiccan are in there, Mephisto, if anybody knows the storyline, Mephisto convinces Wanda that those babies are a manifestation of him, and he tries to absorb them. 
I think Mephisto is going to be the villain. Is that who you're going with? Yeah. Um, and 100%. And we've talked about this off air a hundred different times. You know, we, we thought we were going to get Mephisto in Defenders. And we we thought it was, what's her name? Uh, Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver. Weaver. Was completely still, wrong. Still would have been great. Yeah. Still would have been a great Mephisto. But Mephisto has such a big storyline with Wanda. And that's why I kind of put Speed and Wiccan in there. Is because, you know, it was the fragments of, I forget what stone it was. Um, but they were kind of created through Mephisto. And, you know, if you have Speed and Wiccan, you kind of need Mephisto. Yeah, and you need somebody super powerful in the dark arts to go up against Wanda if she's going to be peak crazy Wanda at this point. And you already know that Nightmare is going to be rumored for Doctor Strange Madness in the multiverse. So Mephisto is like, in in a small MCU universe, he could be the big bad. Like, whether you go a male version or a female version, Mephisto could be the big bad. I don't know if this is going to be the big bad Thanos level but I also don't think that this is going to be a one-shot from Mephisto. Maybe Mephisto shows up in Doctor Strange Madness in the multiverse as well. And he fits in that. Who would you have cast? Oh, that's a tough one because I think, again, I think Gaunt, skinny guy. And, like, I keep going back to the ones that I wanted for Thrawn. Like, I, I like think, I think Jason Isaac would be amazing. But I also think they could go with a woman. Remember when they said uh, Christian Bale was going to be in Thor Love Thunder? And yeah. there were some people like, oh, it's Mephisto because he yeah. ain't. Us. That, we were those people. Everybody was Mephisto. Um, Until I was like, no, it's Gord God Butcher. I hope they have the same secrecy as does Star Wars and The Mandalorian. Because, yeah. you know, everything on there was kept pretty tight-lipped. And I'm hoping when they have Mephisto, it's just not going to be some, you know— average joe actor i think i'm hoping it's someone yeah. we recognize a good actor no this is going to be a big actor and i think it's gonna be a big actor paul rubens i love it yeah i love it i'm hoping and then i'm gonna do the same thing i did with mandalorian like i'm going to social media blackout the day of. likewise likewise you need to turn your phone off yeah well yeah <laughs> i'm you know i got nothing to do now i can just sleep in until i see the episode i don't think it'll be as Especially like, especially in Mandalorian season two, like that every episode was kind of like uh, spoiler filled. Like, yeah. Uh, do I think this is going to be probably not? But no, I think so because it's at, this is a limited series. This hasn't been ordered for season two. Yeah. So like, and I don't think they're as tight lipped as the Mandalorian because they released five trailers for it. I think because it's so kooky and weird that. They're not confident that everybody's going to run to it like they did the Mandalorian. So they're like, we got to get this out here. I'm I'm blacking out forever, man. I think like we're we're going to record and we're going to do we're calling it the Wanda Watch 2021. But we're going to record a special segment on our upcoming episodes and we're going to release it as a smaller podcast as a previously on WandaVision. And we can talk about it. It's kind of like our Mando Minutes, but existing separately. But man, I'm Mephisto is my villain. He's your villain. What gave it away for me, honestly, was that first trailer or second trailer when Monica Rambeau falls in and she's got a red tinge in her eye. And I was like, Mephisto. That's it. That's all it took was as soon as I saw the red tinge in her eye, I was like, I know they're hiding everything behind the scarlet undertones and it's going to be Mephisto. So we get two episodes right out the gate. It's very... 
not Mandalorian like because they released it week by week by week. But Marvel's got so much stuff coming out. They're like, listen, we're going to gift you two episodes, full hour. What do you think your first reaction is going to be after the first two episodes? I think I'm going to like it. I also yeah. think I'm going to go, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Possibly, uh, yeah. I, I, I think it's going to be a lot of like what the hell moments. like, And like, wow, I never thought they would do that. I, I think it's going to be good. I really do. I think it's going to be whimsical. I think it's going to be strange. And I, I, I think it's going to be a brush of a, a breath of fresh air. I agree. I, I don't think it's going to be anything like we've ever seen before and uh, maybe never see again because, you know, you can't really do this with any other character besides Wanda. You know, maybe yeah. Doctor Strange. Yeah, and they go hand in hand. But I, you know, I, I think I'm really going to enjoy it. But I think it's going to be weird. Yeah, um, I think I'm going to be in awe. I think I'm going to walk away like, wow, what did I watch? This was amazing. And I think I'm going to be a little frustrated because I think they're going to leave us on a cliffhanger in episode two. Oh, definitely. And that's that's when things are going to heat up and you're going to be like, damn it, I need to watch this every single week. I need to black out my phones. I got to stop talking to certain friends. Like, this is what we're going to do. And then Marvel's about to ruin some friendships, I think. But this is exciting. Now let's go to a new segment, Chuck, that this is something we're going to be doing every preview because we get things right and we don't have – like I can't remember the episode so I can put it back on our Instagram and be like, ha, we told you so back in April. This is called Shot in the Dark Mm -hmm. where we take a crazy theory that we work on and you know how my brain works. Uh, There's a lot going on in this brain that scientists want to – that's why I'm an organ donor because I think people want my brain. So I'm going to give it to him after I'm done. But we're going to take a weird theory that's completely out of left field, and we're going to put it out into existence. So when we're right, we can say, yeah, we, we called it, and we know we're keeping receipts for when Marvel executives are listening to us and not giving us credit. So what's your first shot in the dark of 2021? Okay. So I kind of I, – I actually did a something like you, like kind of little scenario. So imagine this. Ready? Wanda and – Vision, I, I drew a blank. One vision forgot eat, the name of the show. They're eating dinner. Okay. And it, it's a very sitcom like, and all of a sudden doorbell rings. And oh, it's Magneto. Vision opens the door and goes, "Hello, Eric. What are you doing here?" And she goes, "Dad." And wait, wait, wait. In comes Vigo Mortensen. Oh, Vigo Mortensen, you're not. Oh, that's a good one. I do like that. I didn't. I went with Magneto at first, and I erased it because I thought you were going to have the same one. And not then, not a dinner guest. I do like that. But I, I, like I, I kind of like that. Like, you know. And then I think we're going to get like laugh tracks in this, obviously, and mm-hmm. like ooh, like that. You know? That's a big ooh moment. And 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 I think it's going to happen. He's going to like Eric. What do you, like? Because obviously, it, it's a pocket universe. So like, yeah, he doesn't know him, but it's going to be kind of like in in that version, he does. And he's going to be like, Eric, what are you doing? Or, hey, Eric, uh, nice to see you. And she's like, Dad? And then turns around and then in goes Vigo Mortensen and it's Magneto. Yeah, so I have two. And one of them was we will see or have a reference to Magneto. Yeah. So I'm glad you took that one. Mine includes a villain as well. I think this is going to be a setup for Doctor Doom. Uh, I... I love Doctor Doom. I think he's a great yeah. character. I I'd like to know how do you think he fits in? I think it's with Doctor Strange, where Doctor Strange says, "Wanda, we have to go. We have to get to Latveria. There is a problem." And they set up Latveria, 
and that that kind of will segue. You could see Doctor Doom, who is already cast in my mind as Giancarlo Esposito, 100%. He's <laughs> yeah. perfect for it. A week after Tom and I talked about it, and I think you and I have talked about it in ca- uh, casting throughout text messages, Boss Logic put Giancarlo Esposito out there. And I was like, oh, God damn it. Someone needs to listen to us first. But I think that that sets up the villain for Black Panther 2. We're all thinking Namor. We're thinking Kings, and we're thinking Namor. I think it's Doctor Doom, and I think Latveria has ties with Wakanda, and I think that's where our villain is for Doctor or for Black Panther Two. Now you don't think it ties in? You don't think he's going to be in Fantastic Four? I do, I do. I think you need to get him out there. I like Doctor Doom is a big. He's a big bad. He's not like a a wasp. Or, or no, I'm sorry, he's not a yellow jacket. No, Doctor Doom is a a multi picture multi-storyline villain and yeah, that's why i think that you're going to introduce like his his lackeys and they're going to come in and then you're going to get dr doom he's your big boss and black panther who's probably going to be shuri is what we're thinking right or maybe umbaku becomes black panther or they revive killmonger in some way but whoever black panther is isn't going to be able to beat Doctor Doom. Like this is going to be the first movie, like one of the first movies where your your hero doesn't beat the villain, and it carries on very Thanos like, right? So I think that's what's going to happen. And the end credit scene of Black Panther is Shuri or whoever is Black Panther showing up to the Baxter Building for help. Yeah, I that would be amazing. Uh, that was way better than my shot in the dark. No, I like them both. Uh, you made it more practical and included into an episode. Again, shot in the dark. We'll see what happens. We're probably both wrong. This yeah, introduces Modok or like, or like Fing Fang Foom or the Abominable uh, Snowman or something. But that's our theories, man. And uh, we're going to get out of here. That's, uh, that's our WandaVision preview. We will be back to, again, check our, our thoughts next week. We're going to do a Wanda Watch, first one of next year, or first one of, of the season. We're going to do Wanda Watch episode number one. Also, this Sunday, Batwoman is out. Yep. Javicia Leslie's debut as Ryan Wilder, the new Batwoman. Check that out. We're more than likely going to talk, be talking about that next week. And we've got a fun episode next week that we're going to keep you hanging on with. We're not going to tell you what we're talking about. But you can follow us on social media, the Active Geek on social media platforms. You can review our podcasts on all podcast directories. That could go miles for us. That would be fantastic if you could leave a five-star review. You can follow Chuck on Instagram, Chuck underscore the Active Geek. AG Cosplay on instagram as well if you have a shot in the dark that you would like us to share on our next episode it's uh, activegeekproductions at gmail.com you can send it there and we'll we'll talk about it next week and uh yeah man support the galaxy wars podcast every wednesday or every monday we just did wonder woman in 1984 and i can tell you we both didn't like it and uh there's a lot to talk about there, but we'll be back next week with a great fun episode. Watch Batwoman, watch WandaVision, and be prepared to get some more Active Geek content in your inbox. So for the Active Geek Podcast, I am Jim. I am Chuck. And we are out.